we got some work to do. This is the Advanced Scout with Tom Offerman and Matt Williamson. The Steelers are coming off of a big Monday night football win against the Chicago Bears, their fourth straight win on the season. They face the Detroit Lions now at Heinz Field on Sunday, who are suffering eight straight losses to start their year as they are 0-8 to start the (laughs) NFL season. The only winless team left in football. Matt, the funniest stat that I saw today in preparing for this podcast with you, Detroit's average game this year results in them losing by 13.7 points. They basically lose by two touchdowns every time they step on the field. Yeah, that's Joe average for them. That's not the bad games. (laughs) That's the average situation. I'm not sure I can take it one step further or just, you know, to make to just show how inept this team has been. First of all, as you mentioned, no wins. Um, but they have not had a lead in the second half of a game yet. They even haven't been tied. I mean, a hundred percent of their second half snaps, they've been losing everyone. That's hard, where they're at. hard to believe that that's even possible. Right, a hundred percent of the time. Like, uh, of the time. give me eighty percent, give me eighty-five percent. Sure, I'll believe that. A hundred percent of the time, though, you're really redefining the term "suck." It, when, it's when really bad, that. right? Before we get into just how bad both sides of the football are for this Detroit Lions team, a little serious history for you. Steelers, when they were the Pirates, started this meeting in 1934 and lost their first four meetings against the Lions. They switched their names to the St- the name to the Steelers and won the next two games in the series. Real quick, I'm gonna stop you. Yeah, uh, we've done this now what nine weeks in a row. Anything that starts with season history that begins with the Pirates, they were terrible. Not so good. They were like the <laughs> yeah. wor- they were the worst team I think at that time. Uh, name change was well warranted and yielded much better results, as better, we all yeah. know. Uh, but the Steelers also had a seven-game winless streak between 1950 and 1962. After that point, though, it has been all Pittsburgh in this series. Pittsburgh lost in 1983 against the Lions, and they fell in overtime in 1998, the coin flip game with Charlie right, Batch, right, obviously. Right. Other than that, though, they have won every single meeting since 1966. They're 13-2 in the past 15 matchups. They have a 17-14-1 all-time series lead on the Lions, and they are currently on a five-game winning streak against Detroit Matt, you haven't lost to this team since 1998. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It's insane to think. I, I mean, I'm not cutting on the Lions. I mean, they're a, a a family-owned team. They've been around a long time. You can cut on the Lions a little bit, though. Is there a worse organization in the history of the league? You know what I mean? I mean, now for that as the long Br- as they've been around, you know, now that the Browns have turned things around at least a little recently, right? And at now least there's the, some signs of hope. Even and... the Jets have gotten to a couple AFC Championship sure. games in the Playoff 2000s. Games. Exactly. It's right. It's I mean, abysmal for the Detroit Lions. You can look at some of their stars: Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson. They all decide to leave early. They right. all decide and they would like rather quit enough. football. Yeah, they or, would rather quit playing. Or now they're the quarterback for the Rams. You know, like I mean, it's just. <laughs> It's amazing that it could go this long, this poorly. Well, we're not going to sugarcoat anything on this edition no, of right. the Advanced Scout. So starting with the Lions offense, they're pretty much atrocious in every category. Um, no higher than 21st as far as any other categories are concerned. And that 21st is their passing attack with Jared Goff. They're 26th in total yards and 26th in rushing yards. They're 29th in points per game. They give up 2.9 sacks per game. And they've given the ball away the 14th most times in 
the NFL. Uh, on top of all that, the average result for Detroit, like we said, two touchdown loss. But lately, their past three games, they've been outscored by 70 points. So <laughs> the offense is not producing. No, and right. uh, one of the stats I think you showed me is the majority of their points are scored in the fourth quarter when they're already massive down by percentage. 20, right. 20 points, three touchdowns. It's over anyway. Which I think goes back to the stats about their passing game not being at the way bottom of the league. Because, yeah, they, they put up some numbers in the fourth quarter against prevent defenses when they're losing by 14, like we said, or probably losing by 21, and they bring it to 14. I mean, that's that's kind of how the season's gone. Let's get to Jared Goff. I guess he would be the face of the offense if you had to assign a face for the offense. Yeah. Big-time I mean, trade in the offseason. Swapping Stafford for Goff, pretty much. Lions right. got the short end of that stick. Well, people need to realize what happened there was – Stafford goes from Detroit to the Rams, and the Rams in turn send a lot of picks and Goff. Right. But in reality, they had to send more picks for Detroit to take Goff <laughs> because his contract. Like, Please take this so, guy off our hands. Yeah, I'll yeah. throw in a second rounder if you take Jared. <laughs> Which, I mean, he's not a great quarterback, but he was a really, really bad contract with the Rams. I kind of feel like his days as a starter in the NFL are numbered a little bit. Do you feel that same I would way? Yes. He's trending towards more the you're a journeyman backup now or you're out of the league. Probably, which is amazing for a first overall pick right. at this stage. Just but, in 2016. You're I mean, right. Just five years ago. Uh, right, exactly. I mean, it hasn't been that long. I bet he's not one of the 32 starting quarterbacks on opening day next year. Well, his average pass only travels 6.3 yards past the line of scrimmage. That's 36th out of a possible 37th. Hey, we finally found a quarterback who doesn't throw the ball down the field as far as Ben does. Yeah, so, so he, Ben actually beats him in that one. By about 0.2 yards, <laughs> right. ben, Ben's got him beat there. Yeah. Uh, Goff only has eight touchdowns and six interceptions. Uh, he completes 66.9% of his passes. I think that completion percentage is a little high because he doesn't take any risks. He doesn't, he doesn't push risk. the ball down the field at all. I mean, eight, eight touchdowns. It says it all. I'm sure we'll talk about TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, but they're the, the only best people players. he throws it to. Right, and they're short, easy throws. You know, They really are unbelievably light at the wide receiver position. Them and the Saints, to me, have the worst wideouts in the league. So everything's just short dump off to Swift, you know, punt. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. Even their head coach, Dan Campbell, a couple weeks ago came out after the game and said, we need Goff to do a little bit more. We need right. him to just push the ball, try to make a play every once in a while. Don't just throw the ball out of bounds or dump it off every single time. And Right. I mean, It's not a, happening. There's ability there. He was the first overall pick. Um, but been to the Super Bowl, man. He's been I mean, to the Super Bowl, right. right? I mean, he had some success in the league, right? But that's why the Rams couldn't tolerate him anymore. Was uh, dump it down, you know? I mean, or the going get. I always call him a fair weather quarterback because, like, when the going gets tough, that's when he doesn't right. look good. But when things are optimal, he'll make nice throws, you know. It's good to be conservative, of course. You want to protect the football, but you get into that danger area when you're too conservative and you're just right. shooting your team in the foot every single time. And the defense isn't keeping things close. I mean, that's a that's one of the major differences here between the teams. Right. Is, you could game manage with that L.A. defense. Okay, right. But, but not now, here, right. as we'll get to the Detroit defense in a little bit, it, it might ain't be worse. The grass ain't greener on that side of the no, football no, at no, all. Not at all. Like you said, as far as targets he can utilize, it always seems to be Hawkinson or Swift. Both lead the Lions in receiving. Uh, Hawkinson is the most target player on this offense by a wide amount. Uh, sure. I believe he got 34% of their targets against the Eagles yeah, right. two weeks ago. So I think he's a great young player. But he's just honest. got nowhere around him. And you and, can't really just lean on a tight end 24-7 to be your main weapon. Not when, when there's you, nothing, when nothing else. Nothing there. Yeah, I that's mean, the thing. I mean, he 
I hope, I mean, I'm super impressed with Pat Fryermuth. I hope he turns into a Hawkinson-like player. I mean, that's how good this dude is. But it's different when you have Claypool and Deontay and those guys around you where I'm sure the Steelers will treat him like they did Darren Waller earlier in the season where he's going to be consistently bracketed while the game's close. Their uh, top three receivers as far as snap counts against the Eagles were Khalif Raymond, Trinity Benson, and Amon St. Brown uh, for the 2021 season in terms of scout, uh, snap counts. Raymond, St. Brown, and Quintez Cephas are their leading receivers. Benson, uh, just about 20 snaps, 30 snaps behind Cephas as far as the snap counts concerned. But they're all just nameless gray faces. I mean, none of them really bring anything to the table. None of them make a big play for the the Lions. As we just said, Goff's not pushing the ball down the field for them, so it might be hard to it's rack up some right. stats. But, yeah, as far as stopping the passing attack, it's really – key on Hawkinson and make sure Swift doesn't hurt you out of the backfield because that's one thing Swift will do. He runs a ton of routes. Yeah, the most in the league. He's a great receiver. Those those receiver and my wideout names you mentioned, I promise 75% of our listeners can't tell you one thing about any of them. I mean, that's how bad it is. Like you said, nameless, you know, gray faces. Yeah, I completely agree. They don't bring anything to the table at all. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of personnel for the Detroit Lions, they love to operate out of 11 personnel. They do that about 70% of Because their wideouts the are so great, they want to put three of them out They want to have all three of them out there at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they do use 21 personnel, so they get two running backs in the backfield with one tight end 11% of the time, which is pretty high in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It is. They like the fullback, Jason Cabinda. He plays 12% of the snaps. That's yeah, a lot right. of snaps for a fullback to play in 2021. And once in a while, you'll see Jamal Williams and Swift out there together, too, because they're two of their five best skill guys. So th- that part makes sense. The The heavy use of 11 personnel really doesn't, except well, they're losing all the time. Can't get anything going on the ground either with the running game, Swift or Jamal Williams. Uh, they're 93 yards on the ground per game. That's mm-hmm. one of the lowest in the NFL. It just barely edges out the Steelers, actually. Right. I think the Lions are about 27th, 26th. The Steelers sit at 28th in rushing offense. But like you said, Swift's... Uh, what Swift brings to the table is his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and run routes. Yeah. He's but, not a bad runner, but they're always losing late in games and they abandon the run. Yeah, I mean, you might want to hold on to the ball too when your defense is as bad as they are and they're 22nd in the league in time of possession. Yeah. So they only hold on to the ball about 29 minutes per game. Not going to do it. Not, not, do not it. enough. Not going to do it. Yeah. Swift is dangerous. Hawkinson's dangerous. Their line isn't bad. There's some injuries there. When it's healthy, it's the strength of the offense. Penny Sewell, the first round pick, is very promising, but. Uh, it's hard to say much good about this football team, to be very honest. I, I agree. Uh, offensive line, last thing I'll touch on, like you said, they invested their top draft pick on Penny Sewell this year. Uh, it still gives up almost three sacks per game, though, and the mm-hmm. Lions quarterbacks are coming off a game where they were sacked six times against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, yeah, it's a decent offensive line that probably will get better as yeah. they try to keep building it back up, but it's – not yeah, that great. They, now too, and, and they give up a lot of sacks. They do. Jared Goff is under pressure a lot. And a lot of it's just game script, though. I mean, if you're losing by 14 in the fourth quarter throw. against Watt and Hayward or Fletcher Cox or whoever it is week to week, it's going to get ugly. And Goff isn't exactly Justin Fields in terms of getting out of the way either. Lions defensively, flipping over to that side of the ball. They're pretty abysmal again in almost every single category. (laughs) The one thing that was odd, though, to me is their pass defense is not terrible. They're about 14th in the NFL as far as that's concerned. So 
they're doing a decent job yeah. as far as shutting down the pass. They give up 134 yards on the ground, though. Steelers should be able to run wild against them. Yes. And they give up the second most points in all of the NFL per game. They're giving up 30 points per game yeah. as a unit. Uh, this seems like it's a match made in same. heaven for the Steelers, a team right, that's really right. good or not really good. As far as they're concerned, they're really good at it. But average at stopping the pass, well, that's fine. Steelers don't need to pass the ball. We'll just run the ball yes, all game long. Off and can it off. Try yep. to establish some physicality. Right. And again, it's it's the offense and defense playing off each other, both in a negative manner. Fourth quarters, I'm sure, are lots of rushing attempts against the Lions and getting worn down and being on the field too much, as you mentioned. I guess their pass defense isn't horrible. But if you, they were, you to might only it, be saying that though because everything else is because so bad. Of circumstances, yeah, Just, right. You, you know, you look at it compared to everything else, and you say, "Well, they do that at least decently." Right. If they played an equal opponent, that the game was, the score was within a touchdown the whole time. I bet the pass defense would get exposed too. Now, putting you on the spot a little bit here, could you name me who you think the best player is on that defense? Because as I was looking through Ooh. it, I, I like to find you know who's the stars here. You know, we like to highlight. Miles Garrett when we were doing the Browns right. one. I know. No one to really highlight, though, when you look at this defense. I guess it would be Amani Aruare, who has four passes defended, three interceptions, and like we said, the secondary is really the only thing doing anything there. So he's a cornerback for them doing well. Yeah. Uh, Alex Anzalone, he never leaves the field. He's only missed a handful of snaps this year. Didn't miss a single snap against the Eagles. But I just said those two names, and I guarantee you a lot of our listeners are going, who? Exactly. Right. right. And um, – the corner, whose name I don't pronounce particularly well. He played at Penn State. People might remember him. He was a second-round pick. Um, actually, he was a fifth-round pick. He fell because of an injury, from what I remember. He's got length and size. But just because you have high interception numbers doesn't mean you're great. People are throwing his direction a lot. You know? <laughs> right. And Anzalone, he also has PA ties. He grew up in the middle of the state. And he's a fine player, but he's bounced around the league a little bit now, too. And wouldn't be a an every-down linebacker for most teams, to be very honest with you. Um, they drafted Levi Anzarike as a defensive tackle and Aleem McNeil. They were their second and third-round pick. One's the nose tackle type. Anzarike is kind of the upfield three technique. They may have a bright future, but they're part of a rotation at this point with guys like Michael Brockers who've been around the league. Uh, they spent a lot of money on Trey Flowers from New England a couple of years ago. He's a good player. I mean, he's probably not worth the money. He's an edge guy that bounces inside. Uh, Julian Aquara is an edge guy that has some ability as well. They just gave him money. But I'm sure most of our listeners don't know who these people are. Aquara, like you mentioned, he's got two sacks and four tackles for loss. Those four tackles for loss leads the defense. Imagine that. Four tackles for loss leads your defense. Charles Harris, four of the team's 14 sacks. He's the the high watermark as far as sacks are concerned for that team, but they only have 14 sacks as a team. They average (laughs) 1.8 sack per game, which is just atrocious. And on top of that, they're 28th in takeaways with only seven. Steelers have had their problems with the takeaway department. They only have one more than the Lions do, but they're not 1.8 sack per game bad. So when you don't do both particularly well, offenses are going to be able to put up say 30 points per game against you. <laughs> it all adds up. Right. You know? I mean, they have bad players. The game script's going poorly. We kind of all knew this when this coaching staff took over. It was going to be a long process. You know, they're, they're trying to build toughness, and they certainly play hard as a unit. And this coaching staff has a lot of passion. They just don't have much talent. Um, we just keep kind of saying the same things over and over about this team. It's just they don't really have any strengths. 
They really don't. I guess maybe their biggest strength would be their resiliency, and they seem to be playing pretty hard for Dan Campbell yeah, every right, week. Right, right, right. Eagles game over. is a little bit of an outlier there, though. They that got just boat raced in their own building by a pretty Run bad team over. on right. their own accord in the Philadelphia Eagles. But they're coming off of a bye. Interesting enough, the Lions since 2010, they're 8-3 and three since their bye week. So Detroit does pretty well when they have a week off. I don't know if you can apply that, though, with a completely new coaching staff, a no. completely new quarterback in the fold. I, I will say they're okay overall on special teams, above average, fine. Maybe I mean, you can get it, some hidden yardage there. Yeah, and, and Steelers a, made a pretty bad gaffe on special teams this week, good too. Good point, good point. Um, they're, they're obviously a desperate football team with an aggressive-minded head coach coming off a bye. Maybe you see a fake punt that they wouldn't have had or, you know, something we haven't seen on tape. They have nothing to lose. I mean, those type of opponents can be dangerous. You saw that out. kind of game when they played the Rams, too. Oh, on, great Onside point. kicks, right. faking everything. I mean, <laughs> Two fake punts they converted, onside kick. They they're completely desperate. And right, that right. could be a little bit of a danger point. But Sure. I mean, maybe they'll call all-out blitzes and things like that that, okay, you beat us over the top, we're going to lose anyway. You know, I mean, we'll see. But exactly. It, but I, They're overmanned. They're, they're outmanned. They completely are outmanned, and even if they do a spread sitting at about nine right now, even if the Steelers don't cover that spread, I believe they win this game pretty comfortably for the Steelers. Right. Comfortably for the Steelers. They Let's put it that way. They don't out. do that. We know what the Steelers are and right. their game script as well. I mean, unless it's a remarkable turnover difference or, you know, I mean, yeah. crazy special teams plays, defensive scores. Things that you don't usually see. All I, that I happens, you still might squeak you out. You still may be them. in it. Because yeah. they're just Because that's that kind of bad. what happened with the Rams, you know. 100%. And they still won't just you know, pulled away. couple key matchups before we get out of here. Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson versus Steelers safety Terrell Edmonds. Like we said when we were talking about the Lions offense, Hawkinson's their best weapon offensively, and he gets the majority of their targets, Terrell Edmonds. People think he's probably been underwhelming since he's been in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. but I think that might be a little harsh he's, he's been a reliable player yeah, in that right, secondary right. this is why they drafted him though to take care of tight ends like this when I mean, you think back when they came in oh he's the gronk stopper that's why we want he's big yeah, right, right. he can be physical but he's also got the speed to hang with those guys in coverage well he's gonna have his hands full with hawkinson in this game for yeah, sure yeah yeah he has a good history against tight ends he's been used against tight ends a lot as you mentioned he'll get help yeah you know, i mean i'm sure the linebackers will be bracketing him and, and things like that too and they'll probably disrupt them off the line Again, they just don't have enough things to worry about. And finally, the Steelers' interior offensive line versus the Lions' defensive tackles. Like you mentioned, the Lions invested through the draft in some of those defensive tackles, Mm -hmm. trying to get younger up front there. They rotated four guys in their 3-4 defense against the Eagles last week. Those four guys saw anywhere between 27 and 41 snaps each. So they don't really have that big three continuity where it's you're no, getting the same no. three guys every single time. They rotate those guys in and out. Like you said, some defensive ends, Trey Flowers can bump in every now and again and give you different looks. Steelers offensive line has been improving, maybe took a little bit of a step back against the Bears. Could be a get-right moment for them in this game. I would imagine, but the, the reason I brought this one up is, first of all, it's hard to come up with ones when the Steelers have the ball because the Lions don't have They don't do anything, players, yeah. Right. Um, I thought Kendrick Green in particular – really struggled with yeah. big power nose tackle types that the Bears presented. And the, the the Lions versions aren't as good, but they have some beef in the middle. And I'd like to see Green try to handle that a little bit better. 
Steelers will try to run the win streak up to five straight games this Sunday at 1 o'clock at Heinz Field when they welcome the Detroit Lions to town. For Matt Williamson, I am Tom Offerman, and we will talk to you guys next week on the next edition of the Advanced Scout.